Hello everyone and welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we study Maseches Chagiga Daf Yud Dalet. We are continuing the very difficult Agadic slash Nistar sections of Maseches Chagiga. We always try to give Halach Lamasa applications even within the Agadita. The Gemara talks extensively based on Yeshayahu the great prophet Yeshaya Perigimel. We happen to read this past Shabbos and Shul is the Haftar of Apashas Yisro, Yeshaya Perigvav. Yeshaya is very often referred to as the prophet of hope, as opposed to Yirmiyahu, who's more the prophet of doom, talking about the Chorban. But clearly we see that's oversimplistic because within Yeshayahu there's some very harsh messages and also within Yirmiyahu, their Divrei Nechama. I wanted to just focus on a couple of the issues that are raised from the Agarita relating to Yishayahu's Nevuah on our daf. One, we're going to go a little bit out of order, but I think there's a general theme on this daf of humility and respect and deference and the need for that in this world, and God forbid what happens to the world when there's Azaz Panim, as we'll come back to in a few minutes. And the Gemara says that the ultimate uh, shake up to the stability of the world is a lack of deference from the young generation to the old generation. I saw in the Daf Al Daf, which is a wonderful collection on Daf Yomi, but you could also look at it on the individual Masechtos, where they quote from the Panavich Rav that after the Shoah, it was obviously one of the great challenges is that so many people died, were killed, and you really didn't have generation to generation. Like Baruch Hashem we have today, so many have parents, grandparents, even great-grandparents. I was at a bris today where you had four generations, and you didn't have even the benefit of the young generation being able to speak to the old generation, the survivors from the young generation. And the Panavij said that this is such a loss relating to this Gemara of not just that you have the young disrespecting the old, but you don't even have the old to provide perspective experience. And how the Panavij said that Mibnei Seva Takum, that we know from Parshas Kedoshim, applies not just to a Jew, but it applies to any person that is older who is able to offer perspective based on his or her experience. I thought of that also in light of this past week's parsha, as I always like to connect things with the mitzvah of Kibarava Aim. Clearly, the breakdown of Kibarava Aim, when one is privileged to have parents or grandparents, and there's even a mitzvah of codified in halacha, of respect for chama, for father-in-law, for an older brother, this is a reflection of a breakdown. There's a machlokas rishonim, very well-known machlokas rishonim, based on Parshish Yisra, as well as the restatement of the Aser Sadibros, with some variations of Parshish Veschanan, of what is the machayiv, what's obligating kibbutz avayim. The Ramban's position, which we're going to put aside for now, is that it's a din of the Masorah. The closer one is to Sinai, then one has to give greater respect to such an individual. And parents, grandparents of Bali Masorah. But the Chinuch says, on a most basic level, it's gratitude. 
even gratitude for being born, and kalvachomer, gratitude for other things that are done. Now, what happens, halach if a parent doesn't deserve kibarav aim, if there's rahman an abusive situation? Does that mean that they're totally left out? Do we at least find some minimal levels of gratitude? How this translates are obviously very difficult. But in hopefully a normal situation, all things being equal, it's so important to educate this idea of having gratitude, even if parents are imperfect. Again, we're putting aside any extreme situations. And I actually thought of tying it into an amazing uh, medrash in this parsha. And this is halach lamas and how we view the world. You know, the Medrash says, based on a pasuk in this week's parsha, that the nevela is given to the klavim, to the dogs, perichaf beis pasuk lamet. And the Medrash says it's gratitude for the dogs for not howling, for not barking when Klai Yisrael were leaving Mitzrayim. That's very strange. What type of gratitude do you have for a dog not barking? And I think the context of this is actually without going to so much detail, is the Rambam, in Hilchus Chayvel Mazik, Perik Beis, Halacha Zayin. The Rambam there is talking about the prohibition to scare someone. Even though you're not punished in a court, but Bidei Shemayim, this is considered to be a prohibition and there's punishment if you scare someone, even if you don't physically hurt them. And this ties into a Gemara Baba Kama, Daf Pei Gimel Amad Aleph as well, if you scare someone, a woman who's pregnant, a Rahman she loses the child. It all ties into Nazikin, that's why it's in this parsha. But the message going back to our context is about gratitude. If you have gratitude for a dog for not scaring us, which is a negative, they didn't do anything, it's just that the fact that they didn't do what they normally would, then Kavachomer on the most basic levels and I th- of, of gratitude to people that have done things for us. And I think that's part of what's being communicated on this daf, which actually ties into the Azus Panam. Because the Gemara says on the top of the daf that the way Hashem set up the world is that in every generation there are going to be certain individuals <coughs> that have Azus Panam that have a certain arrogance, a lack of respect, as Chazal actually explained it, for Chachamim. But again, even to parents, the people that have done positive things for them, for fellow human beings. Now, this may sound like, where's the Bechira Chavshis? So obviously Hashem's not telling people that they have to have Azaz Panam, but there are people that have more of that nature. Every single day when we daven, we daven that we should not be subject to azepanim to such individuals, but we also shouldn't have azepanim. We shouldn't be such individuals. So this is not just about a few people in the world. We have to look at ourselves and try to understand: Are there times that we have this azus, this arrogance, which is the opposite of humility? The Vilna Gaon in the Evan Shlema in discussing Tvila says that one of the ways that we break through asus panim, especially ourselves at times that we're defiant or arrogant, resist musr, ikra tefila l'shaver gavaso v'lashuv el Hashem. That's part of what tefila is supposed to accomplish, is to break our gaiva, to break our asus panim. And just to show you how this is not just something that is for the few, for some Rishayim, but how it's something that many of us could struggle with. 
So we know, of course, the Gemara in Mesechus Brachas on Daf Tezayin records the particular private tefillos that a number of Tanoyim and Amarayim would offer after their own davening. This was a way to make sure that not only that the davening wasn't keva, but the space at the end of davening to ask personal requests. Some of these requests are integrated in our tefillah. This week's going to be Shabbos Mavarchim, so we have the tefillahs of Rav. And we have other tefillahs as well. The tefillah of Rabbi, which really finds its way into the beginning of our davening and talking about Azaz Panim and Aze Panim, is the tefillah that he offered after his davening. And this finds its way into our tefillah. Rabbi Basart Slusse, Amar Hachi, Hiratzah Nachashon, Kenavich, Tatsilena, Me Aze Panim, Me Azaz Panim, etc. And just one more connection on this daf, and what I like to try to do with Agadita is even if it appears on the surface to be disparate pieces, to show that there are certain links on the daf between the different uh, Agadatas. And if it was said on this page that Rabbi Akiva was not as great in Agadita as he was in areas of Nagayim, then obviously Kabachaymer for me, but we'll make our best attempts. And I would leave it to Rabbi Akiva anytime to explain Agadita is the inclusion of one of the great Jewish personalities in the history of our peoples, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And you find here in the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, in a private moment, which Baruch Hashem has revealed to us with one of his Talmidim. The Mishnah tells us in Maseches Avos, Perik Beis, Mishnah Ches, that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had five Talmidim, five of the most special Talmidim, obviously had many more Talmidim. And one of them is the individual who we meet over here today, is Rabbi Loza ben Arach. And here you have Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai lowering himself, if we could use that expression, the humility in recognizing that in a certain area, he believed that Rabbi Loza ben Arach was even greater than him. Now here's the Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who saved the Jewish people, as we know the Gemara Masechus Gidon, we know that it's Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai who put into place a number of enactments that we should continue to think about and anticipate the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, such as we know in Masech HaSukkah, to hold the Lulav, even in Chutzlar, it's even outside of Yushalayim for all seven days in anticipation and in practice for what will happen in the future, and you see his humility. There's an incredible insight on this from Rabbi Salavechik, which is recorded in Yiddish. It's called the Fear Drushes, the Five Drushes. And the Rav talks about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai in a very difficult Gemara Masechus Brachas, where Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, at the end of his life, this is in Brachas Avchavches, seemed to be insecure about his future. Yesh lefanai shnei drachim, there are two paths in front of me. And I have no idea in which direction I am headed. And the Talmidim, maybe Rebbe ben Arach included amongst them, said, how is this possible? How is it possible that you, Rebbe Yochanan ben Zakkai, have no idea where you're headed? Well, you know that you're headed to Olam HaEmes, so the Rav in the Chamesh Drashos, you can look, pages 49-53, there's an English edition called The Five Lectures. So he points out from a number of sources, you have to look at the Gemara, 
in Maseches Gidon that we mentioned before, Daphne and Vav, as Yerushalmi, as well as Echorabba. There would be Yochanan ben Zakkai, there was part of him that wasn't sure that he made the right decision with Tain Liyavna v'chachmel. Even at the end, he had the humility to acknowledge that maybe he could have asked for more. Maybe he could have asked for Yerushalayim. There's so much more to say about this, and obviously we're not challenging Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, but using this as a sign of humility. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, even at the end of his life, was looking back, was reflecting. Sometimes you hear the expression, we won't look back. He was looking back to see and to daven and to hope and pray that the right thing was done. And you see literally the tears of, if we could say on his level, the insecurity. So there's a lot within this Gemara that seems above us, but there's a lot in this Gemara that definitely could help uh, calibrate the way we view ourselves, we view others in our relationship with Hashem and other people. The last thing that we're going to do for today for Daf Yudalit, is relate to a statement in the Gemara, Habedivrei Torah, Habemasa Umatam, Habedivrei Torah, Habe, Bemasa Matam, Lo Habe. The Gemara here is talking about honesty relating to Torah and honesty relating to Masa Matam, to business dealings. Happened to be recording this right before Pashas Mishpatim, which is always an opportunity to focus on not just the general issues that we've been relating to in this daf, but more in particular when it comes to areas of halacha, of choshe mishpat. I've mentioned many times that Reb Moshe Feinstein's Echetzah was very emphatic about the need for young students to begin their Torah Shabbal learning, their Gemara learning, with Nezikin, Derech Eretz Kadmol Torah. Uh, recently, Ruben Feinstein, his son, was at the shul. I discussed this with him. He just reinforced his father's message. There are obviously other approaches as well, but this is something to always look for an opportunity to emphasize. In fact, there's an amazing archaim in Parshas Yisro. There's a very similar statement from Rav Hirsch that the, who needs Yisro? The Jewish people are supposed to be the smartest. And the point of the Archaim is we're actually not the smartest. What makes us unique is the fact that we have the Torah, not because we have any type of uh, lawyer gene that we could get away with things using our intelligence. Or as Rav Hirsch says, we don't have any special executive organizational skills. So Lamaisa, what's special about us is following the Torah, and that's something that we have to follow. Uh, sometimes people believe they could come up with schemes and use different ways to get around things. It always comes back to hurt us besides being inherently wrong. There's amazing insight from the Ramosha Rivkish, who lived in the 17th century, has a parish on the Shulchan Aruch Mishpat called the Ber HaGola. And he says, What I'm writing here is for generations. He's discussing over here a much broader topic called Talos Akum, when a non-Jew does something wrong, whether we're allowed to keep it or not, and he's talking here about how we have to make sure when it comes to the areas of Chosha Mishpat to be as stringent as possible, because any benefit that we could take, even if we think we're getting by, by the letter of the law, will come back to haunt us, and children and grandchildren will end up paying the price for the mistakes, the sins, the crimes in this area 
of business law of their parents and grandparents. The Gemara, of course, in Masech Shabbos tells us that of the six questions that we are going to be asked, Bezrat Hashem, after at least 120 years, the Gemara Masech Shabbos, Aleph, Amid Aleph, is Bishash in the teaching of Rava, Shemachnisin Adam Ladin, Omrim Lo. The first question is whether you are a Sasav and a Sata Bemuna, whether you were fair and did trustful business transactions. There are many different ways to interpret that, to translate it. The next statement is Kavati Itim Torah. Right there on the page, Tosfos asks the question how do we reconcile this? with the Gemara in Sanhedrin that says, according to Rav Hamnuna, And the answer of Tosfos is not that these are two independent uh, statements that have nothing to do with each other. They're different attempts to reconcile it. The way it's explained by the Rabbeinu Yonah, Perkiyavos, Perikimo, Mishnah Yudzayin, is the main derecher in Torah. So the way I like to explain this, and it's based on something from Rechaim Vital, is that the being... Fair and honest in the Derech Eretz, that's the matir for Talmud Torah. We spoke several weeks ago about there being a matir for eating. We have this concept of uh, saying a bracha, and if you don't say a bracha, it's kilomo behegdish. This concept of a matir, of an allowance, is in many different areas. And here's another application of it, that what allows us to be involved in Torah is the fact that we're trustworthy people. So this goes back to our statement that Derech Eretz Torah is the matir for being able to work in Torah. And therefore, when it says in the Gemara, you really can't segregate these two worlds. They'd be very much attached to each other. should continue to learn. Bezras Hashem will keep moving on. We have an amazing Gemara next week. Still more, I got it. So I'll deal with some of the Pardes issues that we saw at the end of this daf. We'll meet Acher. And then we'll move on to some halachic issues.